Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect, Bill. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your last place Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and Big Heads Media podcast network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. And of course, I'm talking about Christopher Lloyd Colin. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? Doing great, my man. It's hump day, and I've watched uh, Tropic Thunder and Tommy Boy this evening, so it has been a fantastic Wednesday. How many hours do you get in your day that you can watch two movies on a Wednesday? Don't you have, like, a wife and kids and a job and stuff? Well, you forget that I am East Coast and it's 930, um, and these were uh, via commercial on television. Uh, IFC, though, so they still they don't edit anything. And uh, I, to be fair, I'm not done with Tommy Boy yet. I did pause it for this show. Ah. So it is, uh, yeah, worthy, worthy to, for me to be here. But I did catch all of Tropic Thunder, and I got off at 5, Sam, and I live five minutes from home. So, yeah, no football today. Well, there you go. And I uh, actually literally just got off a plane from Seattle to Oakland. Bay Area, back home where I live. Um, I might be, we'll talk about it later, I might not be welcome here too much longer. Uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit, but uh, we're not here to talk about that right now. We're here to talk about, of course, your favorite team, my favorite team, the Miami Dolphins, the winless coming off of a bye week, Miami Dolphins. Chris, uh, what can you say, man? We uh, we didn't have to lose or endure a loss this past, past weekend because the Miami Dolphins did not play. Um, how was your weekend of non-Miami Dolphins losing football? You want to know how much I'm numb to the season, Sam? Mm. I've got I got more drunk this past Sunday than I have all season. Oh, during any Dolphins game, but I feel sophisticated watching the Dolphins game. I'm just like, eh, like why drink? Like, eh, who cares about the game? I'm not gonna be excited afterwards. Eh, I guess like this Sunday, I was like, let's fucking check out the Panthers for fantasy reasons for McCaffrey, and let's like switch it to this game. Ooh, that game looks good. What a high scoring game at the end of the game. And I'm just throwing them back, and all of a sudden. Uh, Charlotte said I was speaking coherently at night, and I was pretty hungover at work Monday. So it, it was the funnest Sunday I've had all season. Well, there you go. Congratulations. I told everyone I wasn't going to watch any actual fantasy football. I had shows on uh, on Saturday night, and it actually um, stayed at a hotel right right directly in the same um, same complex as where they held Hell in the Cell for the WWE on Sunday, Chris. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched that. There's a lot of controversy at the end. Absolutely not. Of, uh, yeah, I, I didn't watch it either. But I did, but end I did up, see the controversy. Yeah. yeah, and I did watch a little bit of football. And it was great because I didn't wear any Miami Dolphins gear. I actually just went and like started talking crap about all these other teams, especially the ones that had people there watching. And I'm like, oh, my God, the Jets are garbage. Can you believe how bad the Jets are? And they're looking at me like, well, who's your team? And they had no idea that I was a Miami Dolphins fan because I didn't wear. I was incognito talking shit to everyone and that way when they're like well who's your team I was just like I'm a Patriots fan or I'm you know a, a Niners fan or whatever any team that was undefeated I could just pretend to be that and they couldn't say shit to me it was fantastic see now and that, that's like the like I feel like you could have been if you've ever played Grand Theft Auto GTA yeah. uh, one of my favorite things to do is to run past two pedestrians and like run into one and he runs into the guy in front of them and they start fighting yes 
and I just sit there and watch, and then maybe a cop will pull up and shoot them both instead of like trying to de-escalate the situation, and it's just like eating popcorn. You're watching. That could have been you. You could have like started something with a jet fan and like you know got the guy next to you, and all of a sudden they're fighting, and you're just neutrally enjoying it because the dolphins don't play. I, I feel like that'd be hilarious. You know, when the game was finished, Chris, I hopped on a plane and I flew to Seattle, where an actual football team plays. Of course, I'm talking about the Seattle Seahawks. They come off a big win against the Rams last week, but that's not this is not the Seahawks podcast. This is the Miami Dolphins podcast. And what we're going to talk about right now is uh, something that we like to call Finn or Finished, Chris. Finish him. Uh, this is a new thing that we started a couple of weeks back, a couple of episodes back. We're just picking one player on the current team and analyzing them and making way too early prediction as to whether they are a Finn next year in 2020 or they are finished in South Beach. And, of course, we've already talked about Josh Rosen. We've talked about Preston Williams. And now, naturally, we're going to talk about yet another skill position. Of course, we're talking about running back Kalen Balage. Now, you're probably wondering, well, why aren't you talking about Kenyon Drake? Well, because we picked Ken- Kalen Balage. That's why. Um, but here are his stats here in 2019, Chris. In 2019, uh, he's played in four games. He's had 19 attempts rushing for 29 yards. Um, That's good for an average of 1.5 with a long of six yards. Um, Now, beyond that, that means that if he were to go and you extrapolate those numbers out for the entire season, that would be 55 attempts for well no actually no wouldn't he he would basically end the season with like 116 yards at the current clip that he's on a quarter of the way through the season and when it comes to receiving he has three receptions for uh 29 yards so he's got 29 yards rushing and he has 29 yards receiving uh his average in receiving is 9.7 per reception which actually isn't terrible uh but chris uh, what are your initial thoughts when you think of Kalen Balage in 2019 for the Miami Dolphins well, we had limited uh, size of what he can do right. last year, um, and, and he did shine a little bit uh, with a decent O and okay below average O line this year, uh, an even worse offensive line losing Tunsil. So, is it tough to judge? Yes, but I will say we're supposed to make well too early predictions here. So, I'm going to say finished. Like, there's no way this guy's a Finn, um, and the reason is being Mark Walton's already getting more looks. He's already uh-huh. uh, got a couple stories on the Palm Beach Post and other. Um, uh, other sites. He is he to be trusted? I don't know. Is Kalen Balage? I don't know. Especially off field things. And I'm not saying criminally. I'm just talking brain wise. What's in the old dome? Yeah. Um. And go ahead. No, I, I I agree with you. So far, everything you've said is uh, I'm I'm shaking my head up and down. And I realized we're on a podcast and they can't see me <laughs> shake my head up and down. So I would just verbalize. Uh, yep. Uh, to Love let it. Know that I am agreeing with you. Well, and then and then part two of that is this is a a cut, a cut from the cloth of a Patriot uh, coaching staff, and they use running backs a dime a dozen. So um, if this guy's already getting out carried by uh, Mark Walton and Kenyon Drake still there floating around, and then we have all this draft capital and free agency. I just don't know if he's in it for the long haul with even Gaskins waiting in the wings as an undrafted guy waiting to get his chance. Um, if you had to put a gun to my head right now to say, will he be on the team in the next two years? I'd say no. 
Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. The, the first two installments of this, Preston Williams and Josh Rosen, I actually had them as fins in 2020 for a couple of reasons. Preston Williams, I think, is an obvious fit uh, for the Miami Dolphins in 2020 when it comes to the youth movement. He was picked by this regime. Uh, he's actually showed some flashes of brilliance, not only in preseason, but regular season. He's not a perfect player by any means, but he belongs here. I think Josh Rosen being on a cheap contract, this regime did trade for him, and they have mentioned that he is now the starter for the rest of the season. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a little bit. He made sense, too. Kalen Bellage was not drafted uh, by this by this coaching regime. Uh, he was inherited, and I think there are some flaws when you are a player uh, that is inherited by another one that you have to either fix or or show improvement on. And I think he's actually regressed a little bit. I mean, Kalen Bellage this year one point five on his average. Last year five point three. So, I mean, that is a huge regression. And now, granted, last year, one of the, those stats then are even slanted because he had a long of 75. But still, um, you've got to do better than that. I mean, you have limited amount of opportunities to run the ball for the Miami Dolphins, not only because you're not the starter, but also because they're probably throwing more than running. You've got to take advantage of that. And I know that's easier said than done, and I understand that they have a tough road, not only him, but Kenyon Drake and others. But you're absolutely right. Mark Walton is already starting to take away from Kalen Balaj. This guy was not drafted or ascertained by uh, this coaching regime. I think he's got an uphill battle, and right now I don't think he's climbing that hill. Um, I, I would agree with you. I think he's finished after this season. I don't see him with long-term prospects here for the Miami Dolphins. I think he'll latch on with another team somewhere. I think he's shown enough of talent, raw talent, that he should be picked up by somebody else. Um, and I'll wish him well, unless he's on the Jets, Bills, or Patriots. But I don't think he's with the Miami Dolphins long-term. I agree with you. I think he's finished after the 2019 campaign. And if we can just, uh, if I can just reiterate, too, this isn't like what I want to happen. I would love sure. for him to step up. I liked him at Arizona State. We love the uh, long run he had and uh, against Minnesota last year. And then the preseason he had leading up, all the beat writers, just all, that's all they could talk about. But I think it's a good point to make that just because they're looking good in camp guys doesn't mean they're going to be with us in the long haul or even be good NFL football players there's so many different variables that come into play in, in training camp and preseason as far as backups and defenses and scheming to where once he gets into the actual game it just looks a little too big for him sometimes I mean him ducking on the pass and yeah uh, the couple things mistakes he's made are just like you know amateur hour so all those things considered and put together and then the week showing and Mark Walton taking his snap it's interesting because I remember when the season started, people are like, where's Kenyon Drake? Is, is Kenyon, uh, is Kalen Balaj starting? This is so weird. And now it's all of a sudden he, it seems like he's in the doghouse. Yeah, and you know, I I'd completely forgotten about the ball getting thrown at him and him going, what the fuck was that? And getting out of the way. I mean, uh, I did that the other day. I was walking and I saw something at the side of my head and I just kind of like freaked out and I looked just like Kalen Balaj and it turned out it was just like a like a string from a tent that was hanging down, but I thought it was like World War II happening right at my head. And I almost think that's what happened to him. He was not expecting the ball coming his way and he's just like, ah, what the fuck is that? And then realized later, oh, it's the thing they pay me to go catch and grab and run with. Um, but that doesn't look good. I mean, that shows up on tape. He's dropped a lot of catchable balls, not only during the regular season but also last year as well um and and you know what the, the one thing that you said that resonates with me is that yeah he did look good in training camp do you know who he was up against in training camp Miami Dolphins defenders <laughs> everyone looks good against the Miami Dolphins defense this year including our own players on offense so it's not a good barometer the barometer is who he's playing uh when he's actually in regular season games and so far this year he is not giving himself a very good resume to stay with the Miami Dolphins beyond this year especially when he can Consider how many first-round draft picks the Miami Dolphins have, Chris. Um, we've been linked to Ooh, Jonathan yeah. Taylor 
you know, the stud running back here, you know, it's very possible that if that's somebody that's out there, I could see us maybe using one of our uh, early draft picks or early round draft picks to go get a stud running back that we could put back there and pair with Kenyon Drake for the long haul. And if that's the case, then guess what? Kalen Balazs is probably gone. Um, so, yeah, all those reasons and more is why uh, I agree with you and think he's finished after 2019. Yeah, definitely agree. And I think the main point of all this is all of our running backs on the roster currently are completely replaceable. Absolutely. I don't think anybody's completely, you know, 100% special. And uh, and that go, that goes for Kenyon Drake. I mean, I think yes. we'd want to keep Kenyon Drake. He's got a lot of talent. But right now, uh, we'll talk about him later this season. I do not know um, if he is untouchable, if you will. I don't think there's any untouchables on this team whatsoever. So all of them are playing for a job next year, not, not only for here, but uh, elsewhere in the league. Yeah, save your money. Don't buy any jerseys for a little bit. Yep, nope, that's, uh, that is 100% true. And you know what? Uh, it sounds like we're crapping on Kalen Balaj. And if he's listening to this right now, why apologies, Kalen. You must be feeling miserable, uh, as would everyone on the Miami Dolphins roster right now. You're 0-4. Uh, a lot of them are pushing back, Chris. We've got, uh, we've got Jerome Baker coming out and saying, if you're rooting against us or if you're rooting for us to lose, you're not a true fan. You've got uh, Daniel Kilgore saying that uh, people that are rooting for us to tank for Tua, again, aren't true fans. It seems like uh, the players, Chris, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, are, are starting to become very miserable, not only because they're losing, but because of the uh, atmosphere of the Miami Dolphins fans. So it seems like they're pretty miserable, but they're not the only ones out there that are miserable in the NFL, which is why we bring you, once again, Misery Misery Loves Company. And the first one, Chris, uh, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, and bring these guys up because uh, we're going to be talking about them ad nauseum after the break because we play them this week. Washington Redskins are absolutely miserable. They have not only a backup quarterback that's going to be starting against the Miami Dolphins, they also have a backup head coach in Bill Callahan because they fired Jay Gruden. Yes, one of the Gruden brothers has now been fired, the first coach of the season to get fired, at least head coach anyways. And now they're going with a backup quarterback, a backup head coach, and they are a backup franchise because Daniel Snyder, Snyder, since he's owned the Washington Redskins, has a winning percentage of like 400. He's been awful (laughs) as a sports franchise owner. The Washington Redskins are awful as a football team. And you know they're bad because, you know what, they're the Washington Redskins, the most offensive mascot you can have in professional sports, and nobody's even talking about that controversy anymore because that's how bad they are. They're more concerned about how bad they are as a football team versus how bad they are for a politically correct environment. The Washington Redskins are absolutely miserable. No, that's a great, great choice, Sam. And I'm going to round it out on the to go second here. And I got to pick our uh, the, the ugly stepchild of the AFC East that we love to hate. And that, of course, is the fucking shitty Jets. The Adam Gase ran, bearded Adam Gase ran New York Jets with like their eighth string quarterback, Brock Osweiler. He's probably starting, right? I don't watch their yeah. games. But um, here's the thing with the Jets. We can shit on them all day, and I'll never feel bad about it at all, or the shitty fucking fans. And I swear to God, if one of them hears this, even if a friend of the show sends it to their friend that's a Jet fan, please tell them to at me on Twitter. I'd love to just – I hate Jet fans. Um, they lost to the Eagles, okay? And they didn't just lose Sam. I'm looking at the ESPN stat line here. And one of the cool things about this app is it shows you the win probability of the game as it went on. And if you click, obviously, towards the fourth quarter and they're winning by two, three-plus scores, it's 99.9%. Care to guess, Sam, as at kickoff, what the percentage was of the Eagles to win this football game? I can't imagine it was very low. I'm going to say it was – I mean, at kickoff, it should be relatively right around 50%, but I'm going to say 55 60%. Is that is that close? You'd think that if this was a normal 
uh, competitive NFL football team or franchise that doesn't have just an AIDS fan base, but um, <laughs> it's actually 81.3%. Yes, Mark Wahlberg has a better chance of actually earning a spot on the Eagles roster like he did in a fucking Hollywood movie than the Jets of winning that football game. 81.3%, and even better... Sam, guess who had an interception return for a touchdown for the Miami Do- I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles. Miami Dolphins' favorite and superstar, Nate Jerry Gary Hurry. Yes. Nate Gary with a pickoff return for a touchdown, 51 yards against the shitty Jets. Oh, my God. Did you know that the Miami Dolphins drafted him a couple of years ago, Chris? I know this I because I, I, re- yeah, I reported that news right here. Nobody else had that news. That was breaking news for the Perfectville podcast. Citizens of Perfectville listeners, uh, Nate Gary. You're literally, you're literally the equivalent of somebody changing their Twitter handle to like Adam Schmefter and tweeting something and it blowing up and being retweeted. And people are like, you got, you got hat. The thing I, is. Yeah, I mean, he was like a, what, a fifth-round draft pick, and I just I was reading down the list, and what happened, for those that don't know, it was originally the Miami Dolphins draft pick, like their slot. At some point, we traded it, or it was a throw-in pick to the Philadelphia Eagles, but it wasn't updated on the website that I was looking at, so it looked like the Miami Dolphins drafted this kid named Nate Gary, Nate Gary, whatever. And we were on here reviewing the draft picks from a couple of years ago, and I just matter-of-factly talked about, hey, Chris, what do you think about the Miami Dolphins drafting Nate Gary in the fifth round? And Chris was like, well, I don't think anything about about it because the Philadelphia Eagles are the ones who drafted him, not the Dolphins, you moron. And there was a pretty big laugh. Ha ha, very funny. Oh, well, he's a fifth-round pick. This is never going to come back to bite me in the ass. No, this kid's a fucking stud, Chris. He gets sacks. He gets interceptions. He gets pick sixes against the New York Jets. This guy, I think, was a listener of the Miami Dolphins podcast that we're talking about right now. Welcome to Perfect Bell, our podcast. And went, oh, these assholes think I was drafted for the Dolphins. Guess what? I'm going to have an illustrious career so it gets thrown into Sam's face for the rest of my time as an NFL player. Nate Gary just rubbing it in our faces, rubbing it in my face that I have no idea what the hell's going on. Hey, if all he does is rub it in our face by, like, beating AFC East rivals of the Miami Dolphins just to make it meta and ironic, then I'm all for it. As long as he's beating the Bills, Patriots, and Jets, and the only games he has good games against, making us, of course, then in turn wish we had this guy on our team to play them twice a year each, Right, uh, that would be perfect. I'd love it. It would be kind of uh, appropriate, though, if later this year when we play the Eagles, that that's the game that we win because we somehow get past Nate Gary in the secondary. He's like, he's we have like water, he's like water boys, like 52, 52, and he like throws us the ball and lets us score just so he can hit him at, hit him at the end of the... <laughs> Uh, we have spies all over the league, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're talking about. But we're still talking about Misery Loves Company. And you know what? That's an amazing segue because I'm a little bit miserable that I screwed that up all those years ago about Nate Gary slash Nate Jerry. And uh, somebody else that can join both the Washington Redskins and the New York Jets franchises on the chair of despair is myself, Chris. Uh, that's right. If uh, nobody, has, if you haven't seen it yet, I did some uh, work with Bleacher Report recently. Ditch the Playbook with Adam Lefko. It's a new show that they have. You can find it on Twitter. You can find it on Instagram, Facebook. You can find it on the Bleacher Report app. You can find it on BleacherReport.com. You can find it just about everywhere. And I know this because I went on there, Chris. I went on that show, and I was talking crap about the Oakland Raiders. And the big change, the big rub of the whole thing is that the cameraman turned out to be rookie safety Jonathan Abram, who comes out and confronts me after I'm talking crap about him and his college and his you know uh, professional team with the Oakland Raiders. And it's a big, funny, ha-ha reveal. And it's fine. It's all in good fun. I forgot, Chris that when you do something like that, sports fans 
take their sports very seriously. Mm. And I literally woke up in my hotel room this morning, looked at my phone before my feet hit the floor, and I had had, I had messages and emails from people I have never heard of telling me that I was a fat piece of shit, I was an annoying piece of person, I was a bad comic, which, again, all of those things are true. But you like to hear those from the people that you know, not just complete strangers. <laughs> I, I pissed off uh, Raider Nation. I pissed off every alumni from Mississippi State. I, uh, I pissed off Dolphins fans. If you watch the video, you can see why I pissed off Dolphins fans. I pissed off everybody. And, of course, this has now been seen by a million people, which means I'm still getting messages. I'm still getting emails. I'm still getting chastised across all of social media. And... Uh, you know, as successful as the video is, I'm a little bit miserable because it turns out um, it's backfired on me, Chris, and I am now miserable. Well, Sam, I got to say, you told me about this happening. You teased it on the show. And then when I finally saw the video, Charlotte and I sat and watched it and literally just died laughing. The other three guys, you can tell, were just there. They're excited to be a part of something. You were handed a microphone uh, because of your stand-up background. And I just love the perfectness of you realizing who's behind the camera um, and then just not backing off. The other three, one guy like turned like just beat red and blushed and uh, are you Jamal Adams? You know, like all – and you're just like, let's fucking shit all over Mississippi State. And you just went for the jugular, man, and it was – uh, it was fun to watch, man. Some of your jokes hit hard, and the only ones I see really shitting on it are Raider fans, rightfully so. Um, but good lord, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I actually haven't even told you this, not even off air. I dropped off Zachary today uh, for uh, like some skills uh, uh, things with like our receivers and running backs with our two other coaches uh-huh. and told him why I can't stay because I had to do my podcast. But I did dabble a little bit and say, you guys got to see this video. And I told your two jokes, the, uh, the Janikowski one and the two double patched one for the four and 12. And both guys absolutely just like rioted, like and le- legit, like oh, belly cool. laughing. So uh, neither are Raider fans, so I can see why they enjoyed it. Uh, but man, that was hilarious. You got to check it out. Well, the worst thing, the worst comment I got, I don't care about anybody, you know, commenting on my physical appearance. I don't care about anybody saying whether I'm funny or not. That doesn't matter. That comedy's not about being funny. Trust me. I'll get into that on a different podcast at some point. Uh, The one thing that bothered me is I did read one thing, and I think it was native to the Bleacher Report app, and somebody goes, I know that piece of shit didn't write that Janikowski joke himself. I'm like, oh, horse shit. That is my (laughs) joke. I've been using that joke as a closer for many years. That joke's gotten me a lot of work. Uh, How dare you? And I almost went after the guy myself, and, like, I sent him a message. I'm like, here's a clip of me telling this joke three years ago you piece of shit don't start don't you dare start picking apart my actual one good joke that i have that i've been uh, living off of forever so uh no i appreciate you sharing the love out there and it was a lot of fun to do that shout out to adam lefko gave me a lot of love on the show and on social media uh but yeah it's uh it's it, every reaction has an equal and opposite reaction there chris and i got bombarded here today i got pelted if you will um when I thought I was going to be riding high and I got knocked down by all these Raider fans here, there, and you know what you should start doing is um, when Dan Levitard gets any kind of hate or anything, he like zooms in uh, on the person's face of the profile picture of who um, tweeted at him. And then he retweets their comment and then like tweets that individually, just their face, just uh, unironically doesn't say anything about it and just puts it out there on blast. You should start doing that for any negative comment. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, you know, look, it comes with the territory. You put yourself out there, you're going to get people that are going to uh, going to going to fight back, and that's fine. So, um, I'm not feeling too sorry for myself. Like I said, it's always fun to have a million people uh, <laughs> yeah. watch. You know, a couple of your jokes hit. So, um, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with Misery Loves Company. There you go. You got the Washington Redskins. You got the New York Jets, and you have myself sitting on the chair of despair here in week five, week six, week six of the. Uh, 
NFL season. We'll be back. We're going to go pay some bills, and we're going to come back and talk about the Washington Redskins some more. What do you think about that? Sounds great. I'll be here, buddy. All right. We'll see you guys on the other side. In a world where digital content barrels towards us at relentless breakneck speeds, where posts and memes and tweets and snaps rain down a punishing assault of attention-grabbing data, three heroic podcasters with a strong background in broadcast media are taking on the Internet. Each week, we break down the trends, technology, and connections that are transforming our lives. We are Things I Found Online. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. Chris, it is time. It has now been almost two weeks since the Miami Dolphins have lost on a Sunday. And this Sunday is a very special Sunday because it's not only the 0-4 Miami Dolphins, but it's also the winless, awful Washington Redskins, fresh off yet another loss, fresh off of firing their head coach, Jay Gruden, and hiring Bill Callahan, who inexplicably said his running game is not about yards per carry, but how many times he runs the ball, uh, which is just, holy crap, get rid of that guy, even as an interim head coach. Uh, it's 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 a team that's going to be playing Case Keenum as their starting quarterback. Uh, this is a franchise that might, might battle us, Chris, for the number one overall pick in the 2020 draft. The only difference being they are trying to win. We are not necessarily trying to win as a franchise. Uh, they're starting Case Keenum. We're starting Josh Rosen this week and every week going forward. This game is on Sunday, October 13th, which happens to be my birthday. Uh, I am looking forward to this winless bowl, the toilet bowl, if you will, between the Miami Dolphins and Washington Redskins. What are your thoughts? <laughs> what are my thoughts? Well, hmm, let me start with this. Rosen starting the rest of the season, good. That should be what we should be seeing. Win or lose, Josh even said and came out and said he feels like he's trying out for the team next year. Uh, and that's exactly ah. what this should be like. This is what we've said from the beginning. This is his uh, audition with no pressure. There's no pressure at all. There, Joshy, we know you're not going to go out there and win us some games, like a ton of games and go to playoffs. You're good. Go out there and just show you can throw the football, read a defense, show some pocket awareness, and be worth keeping. Because he's got the ball in his corner right now, Sam, where we have all this draft capital. And, of course, everyone's saying go get Tua, go get Fromm, go get Herbert, you know, wait for Lawrence. Sure, 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 sure. This guy was the 10th overall pick a year ago. He's 22. He's the same age as Kyler Murray. So is it crazy and could it be impossible? Most likely. I'm not saying this is what we should do or what we are doing, but Josh Rosen is auditioning, and if he shows enough, Jesus Christ, build around the guy. If he's good enough with talent around him, you already mentioned Jonathan Taylor, all these top picks to possibly trade down or draft a guy to play behind Rosen for a year. I think you mentioned that last week on Mm -hmm. the show. So yeah, he's auditioning, so I like Rosen being the starter. So what do I feel about the game? The game is a suck bowl, and the head coach of my son's football team is a Washington Redskins fan, so much so that he has a maroon burgundy expedition and has just sells jerseys and Sean Taylor Pro Bowl flags. It's just he's a Washington Redskins fan, and he made sure to drop this one on me today. The Washington Redskins on the road are three-point favorites against us, so technically we're six-point underdogs since we are the home team. Um, 
I, I don't have any earthly idea how this goes, Sam. We had a bye week to prepare for a team that just got absolutely shit housed by the Patriots. However, looked like the Dolphins and competitive. It was a low-scoring affair in the first quarter or second quarter or so. Uh, and then they fired Jay Gruden. Now, looking back in history, fired head coaches. Sometimes the teams play energized the next week True. or so, a la Dan Campbell and the Miami Dolphins. Um, so they might come out and they might be fiery, embarrassed to – possibly be spoken of in the same conversation as these horrible nationally Miami Dolphins who knows but but they're playing Case Keenum although I can see with a coach saying running attempts are better than rushing yards being the perfect storm for them to just destroy us with Adrian Peterson so Sam I'm throwing my hands up on this one it's an absolute crapshoot are the are the Redskins actually they are they're about three and a half point favorites aren't they yeah they sure are man Wow, so the Redskins are favorites even though they don't have they don't they're not even starting the right second quarterback. You know what I mean? Like the the Washington Redskins are so fucked up that they somehow think Bill Callahan as an interim head coach who says it doesn't matter whether you get yards or not every time you run the ball is a better option than Jay Gruden who legit knows how to play offensive football. They also think that it's better to play Case Keenum, who has zero future, versus the rookie quarterback that they just drafted uh, and let him get some valuable experience. I don't understand how the Washington Redskins even are, have a franchise anymore. It is one of the most poorly run franchises in the history of the NFL if you look at the last 20 seasons. They're garbage. They're absolute garbage. They're worse than anything else. They're worse than the Raiders. They're worse than the Jets. They're worse than the Browns. And that is saying something, ladies and gentlemen. I think the Washington Redskins are more poorly run than any other franchise in the NFL over the last 20 years. That is how bad the Washington Redskins are, and somehow they are favored against the Miami Dolphins on the road by three and a half points. So that tells you where we are as a team. Uh, Here's what the Miami Dolphins have to do this weekend, okay? I'm not opposed to them winning, okay? I'm all in on the tank, but I want them to win, and here's why. I already mentioned that Sunday is my birthday, okay? I like when the Miami Dolphins win against any team on my birthday. Most notably, they beat the Denver Broncos all those years ago when Jay Fiedler and Alindo Mare and all those guys, they did it on a Sunday night, which was my birthday, one of the most memorable football games of my adulthood fandom. Um, I think the Washington Redskins, even if we beat them, are not going to take a quarterback one overall. I don't think they will. So if we beat the Washington Redskins, I think we can land with the number two pick and still go get Tua or anybody else that we so choose. It's not going to hinder us if we beat the Washington Redskins. They're terrible. Uh, Three. Well, there is no three. Let's just stick on two. They're fucking terrible, Chris. I, I mean, it's almost offensive that they are they are favored against us. But here's what the Miami Dolphins do have to do. They have to score a point in the second half. I mean, uh, we are outscored 81 to nothing through four games. That means we're being outscored 20 to nothing in every single game on average in the second half. We have to score at least a field goal. If we score a field goal in the second half of this game, I am going full bone, full boner for Tony Sperano. I will be fist pumping. I'll be leg pumping. I'll be, you know, cock pumping if we can get three points on a field goal <laughs> the second half of this game against the Washington Redskins. But uh, I'm okay with us winning this game. And look, I'm in, in, in a tradition – because it is 10-13, which is my birthday on Sunday, I'm going to predict that the Miami Dolphins are going to win 10 for the Washington Redskins and 13 for the Miami Dolphins. So that's how I think this is going to end. 10-13 to in favor of the Miami Dolphins against the Washington Redskins. I got to agree with you, too, about Haskins. I mean, how do you 
play a defense that made Lamar Jackson look like the second coming of Michael Vick mixed with Dan Marino and a little sprinkle of Steve Young. Yeah. Um, how do you not let Haskins go out there and get a little taste? Like how? How is that possible that you don't let him go out there, get a little success out of, out, under him, get some confidence going, and said you go with Case Keenum? Like it's just – uh, unbelievable! Like it, it just like you said, horrible franchise, horribly ran. Daniel Snyder and Bruce Allen are some of the worst uh, franchise. I I, I couldn't imagine rooting for it's, that it's Dan- horrible. Daniel Snyder. Oh yeah. Like it, Bruce Allen. Bruce Allen has to be kicking himself. Like I, why did I leave the Raiders to come here? It's got to be. He's a money grabber. That's all it is. Daniel Snyder's the worst owner in sports. I mean, in sports, he's that bad. Yeah, he's that bad. And and I will I will say this. Um, Daniel Kilgore and uh, Jerome Baker have come out recently, and um, a friend of the show. I I, I like him on Twitter. Josh uh, Hout has said something uh, and really called out Baker on his, you know, calling out not real fans and things like that. So I, I want to just touch on this real quick before I make the prediction. Am I in favor yeah. or enjoy the tanking? No. I'm not like this guy that's like, fuck yeah, I hope you lose every game by 50. That, it sucks. It does suck being a fan, and that's fine. However, you cannot expect us as fans, as people that watch these games and invest in them, to sit back and enjoy and support this like team like there's no way we're gonna go out and like cheer and have fun while we're getting beat 81 nothing in the second half that's just not a thing like I, I i don't understand this blind support we're supposed to show yes we're supporting we're fans but you can't tell us as a player how to be a fan when we're not allowed to tell you how to play because we've never done it before and you've never done this till you laced the boot blah 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 you can't do it but i will say this am i a fan of doing something different than the last 30 fucking years of putrid nothing that's gotten us nowhere. Yes, I am. I'm totally in favor of that. Could we have kept Tunzel and blah, blah, maybe, and gained another pick or two from Stills and these guys mid-rounds? We've been doing that. I'm sick of the veteran Jerome fucking bush rods that we bring on well past their prime because their name was good years ago and band-aiding our team and winning eight games, and we're sitting there. We're constantly, constantly that team with an asterisk at the bottom that says, in the hunt. Um, in week 10 and week 11 and week 12, and we're like, hey, we're still in the hunt. All we need is the Baltimore Ravens to turn into the Baltimore Colts and lose eight games, and we win out. That's all we need, guys. And we're sitting there watching all these games like freaking crackheads, hoping for the latest score to just walk in through the door and get lucky with a horseshoe up our ass. Instead, I want to be perennial, consistent, good team, 10, 11 wins is our expectation every year and not hoping to get by on an 8-8 eight and eight wild card. That's what I'm done with and if it takes this to do it does it mean i'm rooting for it does it mean i'm not a good fan no it means i want to see change and this is something different so i'm just grasping on that maybe this is the next thing to help yeah i mean i I think extreme measures need to be taken here and i think uh for once i mean look we've, we've known about this for six months now or whatever it's been i mean this has been in the works for a long time and they're executing that vision i don't think it makes you a bad fan um, I agree with you. We would rather win this year than lose every game. But the way this team is constructed, it is not constructed to win. So if that's the case, you can either beat your head against the wall and say, oh, my God, I can't believe they lost again and get yourself really all riled up for no good reason. Or you can just say, OK, it is what it is. We're cutting our losses.
losses here, and we're going to move on to something else, something different, take extreme measures and see if that pays off for us. Now, if it doesn't, if we go and draft Tua and he turns out to be terrible or we get these other players and they're awful and it takes another three or four years and we're like, well, look, we're only 4-12 and 12 or we're 7-9, and nine, we're running into the same thing, then absolutely. I think if you're anti-tank, you can look back and say, see, I told you so, and we'll be here to say, you know what, you were right. But we've never done this before, so we're going to go ahead and try it. That's I, that All you can do is embrace it. You can't control what the Miami Dolphins do. And if you can, then shame on you because this is your fault. But we can't. You can't. I can't. We can control Perfectville. We have the citizens of Perfectville that we can control. Uh, we, we send them subliminal messages every week on this show to do our bidding. But we can't control the Miami Dolphins, at least not yet, Chris. So I agree with you. Uh, that was a beautiful rant. It's, it's, it's something that I think every Miami Dolphin should listen to. Uh, right after you listen to uh, me talk shit about the Oakland Raiders on that Bleacher Report video that I just talked about, which, by the way, Chris, now just got posted to the Oakland Raiders official website. Oh, so I'm sure, boy. I'm sure the hate the hate <laughs> is going to stop. You're going to have Janikowski show up at your fucking house and roofie you. <laughs> Uh, everyone, you know what's funny is everyone was telling me that they didn't like the Michael Crabtree joke, and it wasn't really a joke. Uh, it, it actually happened. Michael Crabtree um, was at one of my shows, and I was talking crap about the Oakland Raiders, and I went upstairs after. It was actually Michael Crabtree and Khalil Mack, if you can believe that. Oof. And I went up to go shake their hand, and they got up and walked off like little bitches. Uh, and that's right. They were little bitches because they got up and walked away, and they pouted. But, uh, oh, well. Anyway, Chris, um, that was a rant, but I cut you off so I could rant myself. I did not get your prediction yeah. for this game against the Washington Redskins. The toilet bowl come Sunday yeah so I'm just gonna keep in tradition as well and I just have to unfortunately be the your, your yin to your yang buddy and I'm gonna say we're gonna lose uh, see if you get it we're gonna lose uh 26 to 20 ah 26 to 20 there you go so that's uh 13 to 10 doubled up ah. so I've got the Miami Dolphins winning 13 to 10 you've got the Washington Redskins winning 26 to 20 we'll see who was correct if either one of us are um and it's 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 most likely going to be me Chris because if you look at the okayest fantasy football league of all time I am in first place at four and one you are in last place at one and four back to your losing ways uh how are you going to lose this week Chris when it comes to the okayest fantasy football league of all time probably by a lot of points <laughs> I'm going to lose a lot. He's probably not going to score any points in the second half of any game in tradition of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, but check it out. Uh, the new power rankings are up. Raceling is out there doing his funny thing, as he usually does. And shout out to Rake and Bake, a uh, good fan of the show, Jason. Um, I'm not going to say his last name just because I want to protect him and also because I forgot it. But he, uh, he, he forgot to set his lineup, Chris, and he had like three guys on a bye week and then one guy who gave him a negative negative points and if he had just put those guys out uh and and put any of his bench people in he would have won this week but he didn't and uh that makes him an awful awful fantasy football player gives you a week off chris yeah well and but perfect for this okayest fantasy football league i mean like half the team probably forgets to set their lineup and that's okay um and if i can just say the espn fantasy app absolute gargles balls compared to the yahoo app well, there you go. Why would we do anything good when it comes to the okayest <laughs> fantasy football league of all time, Chris? We're just doing ESPN because it's okay. But uh, on behalf of myself, Chris Cullen, all the citizens of Perfect Bill, the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network, the Big Heads Media podcast network, goodbye from Perfect Hold Bill. on, Sam. Oh. Before you leave, are you kidding me? I almost pooped out my front. You didn't say, you didn't say Chris, anything else? 
you are happy birthday sam oh well thank you very much there chris thank you very much thank you to all the citizens who will undoubtedly cancel out all the negativity i'm about to get from oakland raider fans from all over the world <laughs> by wishing me a happy birthday you could wish me a happy birthday uh at perfectville pod on twitter you can find us at perfectville podcast at gmail.com you can check out our facebook page check out our instagram that i never update uh thank you chris i appreciate that very much i am uh, still in my 30s for a couple more years so i've got a couple more years before i fall over and die of old age and don't never watch the Miami Dolphins win a Super Bowl. So I need you guys to get this a one tank season and turn around next year and win the Super Bowl. Okay, boys. All right. So you are correct, Chris. Anything else you'd like to say before we shove off land? Well, no. Now I got it out. Oh, well, now it's just awkward. I guess uh, <laughs> goodbye from Perfect Bill. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.